the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. As we count the Omer and look forward to Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, you might know it as Pentecost, you know, revival really should be on our minds. So let's begin with a time of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for this season, the season of counting the Omer, the season of expectation that... Shavuot, your spirit will once again be poured out. Father, we praise you and worship you. We pray for the listening audience, Lord. Just pour out your spirit upon them and let them hear what you have to say. And Father, we especially continue to pray for all the parents who lost their children this week in that horrific shooting in Texas, Lord. We cry out to you, Lord, that they would receive peace and and that comfort and, and they would get your compassion and other people would be just blessing them. So, Lord, uh, we're hurting for them and we're praying for them. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, uh love to uh, have you continue to support our program. Uh, next week, I'll have the figures as to how our year worked out in terms of uh, finances. And uh, But I have a feeling we're a little behind. So if you can help us, that would be great. Uh, also, we'd love for you to give to the Messianic Jewish community in the Ukraine. We still have not reached the $50,000 mark, so if you can help us, we've given 40000 already. So uh, I think we're still about $7,000 short. Um, so if you can help, that'd be great. And uh, you are probably familiar with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, and his movie The Harbinger has been out uh, of things to come. And uh, we'll actually be showing it at our synagogue Saturday evening, June 4th, from 7 to 8.30. You'll, uh, their seats are limited, so if you're interested, you need to register immediately and get your tickets. And you can do that at shereshtavid.org backslash movie. And uh, if not, you can always call our office uh, even better, get an extra ticket and bring a Jewish friend who doesn't know Yeshua. I understand that there have been people who have accepted the Lord after watching this movie. So uh, think of it as an outreach. 
Well, let's begin with the counting of the Omer, okay? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam asher kedishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al sifarat ha'omer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the first day of the seventh week and day 43 I have counted the Omer. Isn't that incredible how time flies? Wow. Our theme today is receive Yeshua, receive the Father. And in Matthew 10.40, it says, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Isaiah 9, 5, and 6, For to us a child is born, a son will be given to us, the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and shalom there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness, from now until forevermore, the zeal of Adonai, Tzivaot, will accomplish this. So the thought uh, for today is that it's always about knowing Messiah so that we could become intimate with God. It's heartbreaking to watch people ignore the signs in Scripture. God wants us so much to seek him and find him. The Bible is the story of man's history and how God is there during it all, working for us. We finally get to the point where we have atonement for our sins so we can approach the living God. Yeshua made this possible, and too many people can't see it. The challenge for today, we are living in a time when God has begun to lift the veil from the hearts and minds of our Jewish people. This is the time where people of the church are studying their Bible and seeking to follow him rather than tradition. We're entering the time where even the secular people will need God. Are we ready to be an ambassador for God? Are we ready with the amount of love, patience, and teaching that will be required? Our prayer for today, Lord, ready me. Please take me from where I am and ready me for the harvest of souls. I want to serve you. I want others to receive Yeshua so that they can know you. Let's. So at this point, let's talk today about revival. When many come to the Lord, that's revival. Knowing Yeshua with a tremendous zeal is revival. The Dictionary of Christianity in America puts it, revivalism is the movement that promotes periodic spiritual intensity in congregational life during which the unconverted come to Yeshua and the converted are shaken out of their spiritual lethargy. Okay, I can, I I like that. People come to the Lord and people who are believers become spiritually excited. Uh, Spurgeon said it this way, the word revive wears its meaning upon its forehead. It is from the Latin and may be interpreted thus, to live again, to revive, to receive again a life which has almost expired, to rekindle into a flame the vital spark which was nearly extinguished. 
certainly there can be either corporate revival or personal revival. Now, beginning Saturday evening, uh, June 4th, it's Shavuot, Pentecost, and it's all about revival as we see it take place in Acts 2. So let's look at nine characteristics of revival. Are you ready? Okay. Number one, believers are transformed from lethargy to excitement about God. We see in Acts 2, there certainly was great excitement both by believers and non-believers. Whatever is going on in our lives, God has to become number one for revival. Daily activities of making a living or fellowship in Acts 2 took a back seat to focusing on God. And that surely is revival. Number two, believers are continuously evangelizing. Is that on your heart? Let me ask you, is, is, is that on your heart? The book of Acts was all about sharing the good news. Peter, he struggled to speak about the Lord at the time of Yeshua's resurrection, but he received spiritual and biblical insight in order to preach without any fear in Acts 2. Amen? And let that be us, right? That's revival. Just a heart to share the Lord. Three, sinners are saved. In the book of Acts, Acts 2, 3,000 were saved that day. By the way, just it's interesting that on the same day, some 1,200 years earlier, 3,000 died in Exodus 32-28 at Mount Sinai after Moses said to the people to choose what side they're on, God or an idol. But in the revival, we choose God. Amen? In 1970s, hundreds and thousands of Jewish people got saved during the Jesus movement. It just seemed like something was in the air. This, too, was revival. Many of my rabbi friends got saved then. Number four, sermons focus on sin and salvation and God's mighty power, and not so much on theology or culture. Peter's message was all about salvation and prophecy of what God was going to do. In Acts 2.17, it says, And it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. The book of Acts, Acts was about people coming to salvation. That's, do you have a heart for that? I mean, I want to see my family come to know the Lord, my brother and my niece and my nephew. Wow. Yes. And, and so many others. Number five, believers are touched by music and sermons in a greater and more exciting way. And, you know, somehow God opens up the eyes and the ears of those so that, you know, it's God's timing, right? Peter was transformed to give that message. The listeners were transformed to receive his message. This is a work of God. And so we cry out to God that we will be more open to the things of God. Number six, there's greater unity in the body of believers. 
There's unity and prayer before Shavuot in the upper room, right? We had 120 in unity praying together. Unity and how to pick leaders. It was so much unity that they were sharing meals daily and even their finances. That shows unity. That shows what we're talking about. Spiritual gifts seem to appear in greater intensity and frequency. That's number seven. Yep. Spiritual gifts seem to appear in greater intensity and frequency. Certainly there was an understanding that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were expected with each salvation speaking in tongues, right? Was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit touching lives during the book of Acts. We see in Acts 19, 4 through 7, Paul said, John immersed with an immersion of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Yeshua. When they heard this, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Yeshua, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. In all, there were about 12 men. Boy, wouldn't you love to see that 12 men all of a sudden in speaking in tongues and prophesying? Oh, how exciting that would be. Number eight. Believers have a greater ability to overcome sin. I I really believe this to be true. You know, part of salvation is transformation. The Holy Spirit comes into us, gives us the power and desire to overcome the sin that so easily entangles us. We repent, which means a turning away from the world and the temptations of sin so that we can be in a life dedicated to God and trusting him for the victory. It's the power of God's spirit that helps us overcome the sin in our life. And some of us still might be struggling, but you know what? We get the victory. Number nine, the culture and society is influenced. So what what does that mean? It means, well... The activity with the Lord is so strong that the culture is, sees it. They're influenced. Our expectation is for our culture and society to change as the light of Yeshua overcomes the darkness of this world. So to be honest with you, that's why what I'm praying for, revival, because our world is struggling. Our country, we are losing the battle against darkness. And the only thing, that I know of that can really help is a true revival in our country. Is there anything that you know of that could influence our culture more than a revival? That's really why we must be fervent prayer warriors for it. We need this. So how do we get revived? Well, I believe it's, as I said, a a supernatural work of God. But we can do everything perfectly and not get revived because I believe revival comes from God's grace at his timing. Does that mean we should sit around and wait for revival, wait for God to make up? Oh, this is the right time. No. After all, it's up to God and his timing? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. 
I believe God wants us always to seek after him. And because of our love for him and our obedience because of our love, revival will follow. You know, one of the things I love to teach, which get people upset when they hear the first sentence, is we all have to be hypocrites for God because nobody wants to be a hypocrite, right? But actually, stay with me now, please. Feeling one way and acting differently is hypocritical, right? The definition of a hypocrite is a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or a person who acts in a contradiction in, in contradiction to his or her stated feelings. Before you get upset with me, let me explain. First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen. Rejoice always. Pray constantly in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. Does rejoice always mean always? Yeah. Does that mean even when I'm sad, depressed, angry, and irritated? Am I supposed to give thanks always? Am I supposed to pray constantly? If I rejoice when I feel bad, am I a hypocrite? People could say, I am not being honest with my emotions. I feel one way and act another. Isn't that a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody who pretends. On the other hand, we're not hypocrites because we understand that a hypocrite preaches one thing and does another. So I guess if I'm preaching rejoice always and following God's word and don't rejoice always, then I'm a hypocrite. Actually, either way, People are going to call us crazy or a hypocrite. So enjoy it. It's it's okay. Good thing we follow God and not people, right? <laughs> so as the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. If we give thanks to God in all situations, would we ever be angry with anyone, even if they did something really, really hurtful? I believe in the same way we are to act as though we are revived, even if we don't feel like it at the moment. There's a quote from Erasmus. Listen to this. A nail is driven out by another nail. Habit is overcome by habit. If God wants us revived, and we want to be revived, then develop the attitudes of revival. Make those attitudes a habit and we will be revived. Now, I know that's difficult and I know that's hard to swallow, but it is the truth. I'm prayerful that he will reward me for my faithfulness to him with an anointing of his spirit falling on me so that I can be an example of Isaiah 60, 1 through 4, which in my mind is one of the key scriptures that describes how I would look if I were revived. So this is what it says. The Ruach of Adonai Elohim is on me and the spirit of God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So that's revival, right? I'm proclaiming his good news. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Oh, I'd love to do that. To proclaim liberty to captives. Oh, absolutely. 
and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. Now, wouldn't that excite you about the Lord? I mean, that's revival, that all of these things are happening. There's transformation. And it says then, and and God's vengeance, and the day of God's vengeance, and to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, this is what I love about some of God's scriptures. He gives us the reward in the scripture that the people that you're ministering to that I just read about, it says they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, that he, God, may be glorified. And then it says this, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, they will restore former desolations, they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Wow, that would be revival. Our cities revived, renewed, um, that the desolations and the ruined cities would be repaired. Can you imagine not having the violence in our cities that we currently have? That's revival. Are you going to pray for revival? As it says in Isaiah 61 through 4, I'd be anointed to spread the good news. I'd see miracles as people are set free. I'd be able to comfort those who mourn, including Jews who mourn, giving them beauty and joy and a spirit of praise. Wow. I would disciple people and others would see that those, they be, these people I disciple would become oaks of righteousness and I would be glorifying God because everyone would know that it was your, you, you were the planter. You were the one who really did this. And I would see the results of my works in the cities that were desolate are now being repaired. Don't you want this? Pray for revival. Pray for revival. This is revival to me. This is what I am praying for personally and corporately. Now, what am I going to do in my efforts to see this happen? I'm going to desire revival, and I'm going to work on my habits. I'm going to um, be saturated by the desire for revival. I'm going to trust God for this desire. I'm going to expect God to do this. I'm going to be persistent in my expectation. I'm going to practice habits that look like revival, even if I don't feel that way. Secondly, I'm undergirding this with prayer and fasting. I've been fasting on Tuesdays in May. Three, I'm going to picture in my mind what I look, what a person who is revived looks like, and I'm going to seek to be that person. This is a daily fight, but you know, it's a spiritual fight. And I believe when we look at Second Chronicles 7.14, we see that this is what God wants us to do. Well, you know, we are out of time. I don't know how that happens so quickly, but... We'll finish this message next week. I'd ask you to consider a financial guilt, a gift to help us stay on the air, as I believe this past year has been a real struggle financially. And uh, so if you feel that this program's blessing you, please 
send us a gift. Um, you can call the office or, and, and this is true for the gift for the messianic community in the Ukraine, which we're still collecting money for. So you can call 813-831-5673 and, and please, uh, pledge some finances. We'd love to see Ukraine get more finances. And uh, we'd love to come visit you sometime, uh, but also you can come visit us on Friday nights and Saturdays. Look at our website for times, dates, locations, as we have four different locations. So think of this, this scripture, Psalm 85, 7, will you not revive us again so your people may rejoice in you? I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire for revival, in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.